1: Each weekday at this time, we open God's Word, exploring how it changes us and brings us closer to Him. Right now, we are in a message series called Life in the Light of Eternity, discussing how we should live in the light of the fact that Christ Jesus is coming back and how we follow the ways of our Savior as we do life in the light of His return. To hear all of the messages in this series, please visit groundedandgrowingradio.com. And if you'd like to help provide financial support for this radio ministry, you can make a gift of any size at that same website. GroundedAndGrowingRadio.com. If you're not already a part of a local church family, then I would like to invite you to visit us at Orland Park CRC this Sunday as we gather to worship the Lord and study His Word together. To find our service times and location information, just visit GroundedAndGrowingRadio.com. And now, let's open God's Word to see what He has for us today. Please turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing." In 2010 and 2011, there was a massive campaign from an organization called Family Radio to tell people a message that came from their founder, a man named Harold Camping. The message that Harold Camping was saying was that Jesus was going to return on May 21, 2011. This date, May 21, 2011, was allegedly supposed to be the day of the Judgment Day, whereupon the saved would be taken up to heaven in the rapture, and there would follow five months of fire and brimstone and plagues on earth with millions of people dying each day, culminating on October 21, 2011. That's a quote from Harold Camping. Perhaps you saw one of the billboards that was put up advertising this sort of thing. I don't know if these made their way to the Midwest, but as I was living in California, where Harold Camping was living, I would see these throughout the, uh, throughout the cities that I'd be in, that these billboards were up everywhere. Judgment Day is coming, the 21st of May, 2011. And then, do you see that, that little crest there in the upper left-hand corner? It says, the Bible guarantees it. So this was... This was a teacher saying that the Bible guaranteed that Jesus was going to be coming back on May 21, 2011. But did the Bible guarantee that? Well, if it did, then the Bible was wrong. Because May 21, 2011 has come and gone, and Jesus has not yet returned. And it turns out this wasn't the first time that Harold Camping had predicted the end of the world. He had previously predicted that it would happen on September 6, 1994, then September 29, and October 2nd of that same year. This was the fourth wrong guess that Mr. Camping had put forward. And he's not alone in his predicting of the end of the world. Hilary of Poitiers said the end of the world would come in 365, Pope Innocent III said the world would end in 1284, 666 years after the rise of Islam. One uh, theological enemy of John Calvin, Michael Servetus, said that the world would end in 1585, claiming that the devil's reign had begun in 325 with the Council of Nicaea, and that the devil would reign for 1,260 years, bringing 1585 as the end of the world. Christopher Columbus said that the world would end in 1658, and Pat Robertson said that it would end in 1982. That's just a few examples of the literally hundreds of dates that people throughout history have said that the Lord would return, that judgment would begin, or that the end of the world would start. And sometimes people quote 1 Thessalonians 5 is their justification for knowing the date of the return of the Lord. The passage that we just read in verse 4 says, but you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. Now, Some people have read that and have said, okay, so it's just unbelievers that aren't able to know when the Lord Jesus is going to return again. But what about believers? Maybe believers can know and generation after generation and century after century, people have made predictions. And generation after generation and century after century, people have been wrong. Does First Thessalonians 5 verse 4 indicate that we will be able to discern the day that Jesus will return? Is there some kind of code contained within the Bible that if we crack it, we're going to know when Jesus Christ is going to return in glory? Well, let's find out. I'm not gonna give you the answer right now, but if you pay attention to my points, you might be able to guess what the answer is. All right, so here are my points. Point one, no specific date. Maybe you can guess based on that what the answer is. I know you're very intelligent, so uh, you can tell me after the service if you guessed. Point two, dark unbelief, and point three is awake belief. But because my grandfather is here and he was my professor of preaching at Westminster Seminary, I thought that I needed to come up with some better point names than that. So point one is specific season. You see the alliteration? Point two is dark disbelief. Point three is my favorite. It's woke worshipers. (laughs) And the last one... The last one is uh, the fourth point. It's because my grandpa's here, so he gets an extra point. The uh, final one is faithful following. So let's just take a look at this. Uh, no specific date or specific season. It's point one for us. Verse one of 1 Thessalonians 5 provides a very clear answer to our question. Are we able to discern when the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come again? What does the Bible say? Well, verse one says this. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. What Paul is saying under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is that there is no specific date that the Thessalonian church needs. There's no specific date given to them because it's not something that's necessary, not a specific time, not a specific season. Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, has said that Christ Jesus will return That's what chapter 4, verses 13 to 18 tells us, and he says that when Christ returns, the dead are going to be raised, that there is a certain hope for them, and there's a deep encouragement that that comes from knowing that death will not be the final word, and that when Jesus returns again, death will be finally and utterly destroyed. And when Paul says that, he understands that there's a natural question that arises from that sort of statement. Well, when's that going to happen? If Christ Jesus is going to come and is going to bring a final end to death, when is that going to happen? And so he responds to that question that naturally arises. You have no need for me to tell you a date or a season. And as he does that, he is reflecting the entire biblical witness concerning when Christ's going to return. You and I don't need to know when it will happen, and we cannot know when it will happen. In the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, the disciples see the resurrected Jesus Christ, and when they see him, they have a question for him. Let me just just read to you from those two verses of Scripture, Acts 1, 6 and 7. They see Jesus, and then the Bible says this. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Jesus says, It's not for you to know the time or the season that I am going to return. And Paul uses the exact same language here. You don't need to know when Jesus Christ is going to return. In fact, you shouldn't know. You can't possibly know. That's the message that Jesus offers his disciples and by extension us. That's the message that Paul reiterates to the Thessalonian church and by extension us. You and I can't possibly know the time or the season that Christ Jesus will return So this has a very direct application for us. If there is a religious leader that says that they know the date that Jesus is coming back, they are simply not telling the truth. They're simply not telling the truth. This is not information that they could possibly have. It's not something that you need. It's not something that you can know. In fact, I want to state it even more clearly. If there's a leader who's telling you that they know the time or season when Jesus is coming back, they're either self-deceived or they're intentionally lying to you. And in either case, they are deceiving you. Don't listen to them. It's not for you. It's not for me to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. We don't know the time or the season of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Christ Jesus will return as a thief in the night. And that takes us to our second point, which is dark unbelief or dark disbelief.
0: You've been listening to today's message from Pastor Derek Bukema. To learn more about Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, listen to past programs, and to give a gift to support our work preaching the Bible on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, visit us today at groundedandgrowingradio.com. And while you're there, please sign up to download your free copy of the ebook, Answering 7 Hard Questions That Christians Ask. Again, that's groundedandgrowingradio.com.
1: And now, more from Pastor Derek in our series called Life in the Light of Eternity, discussing how we follow the ways of our Savior as we do life in the light of His return. The day of the Lord, we're told about in verse uh, verse 2. And three, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. The day of the Lord here that's referenced has a specific meaning as it's used all throughout the Scriptures. As Greg Beale puts it, Without exception, the day of the Lord refers to God's judgment of and defeat of his adversaries, including those who claim to be his people but really are not. Together with judgment, this phrase sometimes also includes the notion of deliverance for God's people. Christ will come not only to raise his own people from the dead, but also to judge his antagonists. This is what that means. The day of the Lord in scripture, when you see the phrase, the day of the Lord, it talks about that day when Christ Jesus will return again from glory, the dead will be raised, and every single one of us will go to our appointed judgment. Every single one of us will face Jesus at our appointed judgment. For those who, um, this, the the day of the Lord, um, for those who are not in the Lord Jesus will come we're told, like labor pains to a pregnant woman. And that means that there's no escape. Now, this isn't like a scheduled c-section. This isn't like going in for the Pitocin drip or something like that, right? This is when labor pains come suddenly. This is like that middle-of-the-night elbow that you get that's like, honey, we gotta head to the hospital. It's like the in the middle of activity where you realize, uh-oh, it's time for me to exit this activity and go to the hospital. It's one of those sudden, inescapable, unavoidable events that might come at any particular moment. And verse 3 said these labor pains indicate that destruction is going to come. This means that when Christ returns, those who don't trust in Jesus will be separated from God at Christ's return. So let me speak to you if you're here and you don't know Jesus. Jesus is going to be returning. It's inevitable, and it's inescapable, and you will, just like I will, face him and stand in the judgment. And if you're not someone who trusts in Jesus, that means that you're destined for destruction. That's not me saying it. That's God saying it in chapter 5 verse 3. And so because I love you and because we love you as a congregation, we want to tell you trust in Jesus because he's going to return and we'll see him. Please trust in Jesus because there is a great hope at Christ's return for everyone who is in the Lord. And that hope takes us to the third point, which is awake belief, or woke worship. Verse 4 then gives to us a contrast. Speaking to believers, who this book was written to, Paul says, You are not in darkness, however, for this day to come on you like a thief. And then there are all sorts of distinctions that are offered. Those who are in unbelief are asleep. Those who are in Jesus are awake. Those who are in unbelief are drunk on the ways of the world. Those who are in Jesus are sober. Those who are in the ways of the world are in darkness. If you're in Jesus, you are in the light. And so, if you're in Jesus Christ, what this passage is saying is you won't know the specific season, you won't know the specific date upon which Christ Jesus returns. However, you won't be surprised either when Christ Jesus comes. And here's the reason. For everyone who is in Christ Jesus, the return of the Lord Jesus is something that you have been praying for all throughout your life. We pray for it all the time. I'm guessing the most commonly offered prayer in the history of the church has been the Lord's Prayer. And you know that a part of that prayer is, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, right? Whenever you pray that prayer, you're praying for the return of the Lord Jesus. And the Lord doesn't ignore any prayer. There's no prayer that the Lord ignores. And so every single time that you have prayed that prayer, every single time that someone who has trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ has prayed that prayer, it has gone up to the Lord, and he has received it. And throughout church history up to this point, every time somebody has prayed that prayer, the Lord has answered, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. But you see, in the fullness of time, there will be a, remember, a member of Christ's church that offers up the prayer, Thy kingdom come. And the Father will say, Now, now is the appointed time. Now the answer is yes. The kingdom come is never wasted. But at that moment, at that moment, the Father will say, Yes. And the Son will return. And when Jesus comes, you won't have been able to guess the date. You won't have been able to guess the season. But your response will be one who says, I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting and hoping and staking my life on this moment for you to return. And for you to make all things new for you to restore and renew all things. Oh, Jesus, I've been waiting. And so while you won't know the date, you won't be surprised. And you'll see the face of Jesus. You'll experience the hope of your life to see the one who redeemed you To see the one who saved you. To see the one who bore the cross for you. To see the one who will wipe away every tear from your eye. To see the one who will declare death will be no more and mourning will be no more. To hear him say, look, I'm making all things new. And this knowledge should encourage us to faithfulness. That's what faithful following is. And that's what verses 8 through 11 tells. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, So that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. This knowledge that Jesus Christ is returning should encourage us to faithful living. It should encourage us to faith. It should encourage us to trust in Jesus Christ, it it should encourage us to love. It should encourage us to have hope in salvation because of what the Scriptures say, because of what verse 9 says, for God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 10, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Isn't this a strong and a powerful promise that is given to you today if you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? The promise is that for every single person who has called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and has been saved, there is not a wrath that is awaiting you. No, instead what is awaiting you is seeing the face of the one that you have hoped for for your entire life. And knowing that because Jesus died and because he rose again from the dead, that he will come back and will bring you with him to live with him in the new heavens and the new earth forever. That's an incredible and a beautiful promise. And the scriptures say that we're supposed to encourage one another and build one another up just as we've been doing. And so let me try to encourage you and to build you up with these words today. For any person that lives and fears the wrath of the Lord, if you're in Christ Jesus, you have have nothing to fear. No wrath. For those of you who... Who live and in our mourning, one that you have lost. Death's not the final word. That's what the passage says. That it says so. Whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. And what that's saying is, it's drawing on what Paul has said in 1, Thess- 1 Thessalonians four, thirteen and following. He's saying, all right whether you have died before the return of Jesus Christ, whether you are alive at his returning, both dead and alive at the returning of the the Lord Jesus Christ, will dwell together with him, will live with him. For those of you that are tempted to trust in self, or trust in wealth, or trust in worldly power, or to trust in any sort of, System that is passing away in this fallen world. This knowledge that Christ Jesus is returning enables us to have an eternal perspective. I live for the Lord because He's coming back. And that means that I reject the patterns of this fallen world. I reject the the power politics of this age and this day. I live for the Lord and for his ways and for his justice now, knowing that he is the author of history, that he's going to come at the end, that he's going to set all things right. And so let me encourage you. There is for you an undying hope if you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you will see his face. Jesus will return, and you'll get to see him, and you'll get to live with him forever. You'll get to praise him forever. That is a certain, that's a potent, that is a powerful hope and comfort for all of us who are living right now. And so, Lord Jesus, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you that Christ Jesus died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. We pray that these words might give to us an eternal perspective. We pray that we might live for you and for your ways now, knowing that Christ Jesus will return. And so we pray that we might reject the fallen patterns of this world with its selfishness and its selfism and its injustice. And we pray that we might live in your ways, knowing the great hope that we have that the Lord Jesus Christ will return and that all who are with him will dwell with him forever. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.
0: You've been listening to today's message from Pastor Derek Bukema. To learn more about Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, listen to past programs, and to give a gift to support our work preaching the Bible on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, visit us today at groundedandgrowingradio.com. And while you're there, please sign up to download your free copy of the ebook Answering 7 Hard Questions That Christians Ask. Again, that's GroundedAndGrowingRadio.com. This is Pastor Derek Bukema,
1: and on behalf of Orland Park Christian Reform Church, we want to thank you for your support and partnership in proclaiming the gospel here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. If you're looking for a local church to call home, Orland Park Christian Reformed Church welcomes you to worship with us this Sunday. You can find all the details online at groundedandgrowingradio.com. Thanks again for joining us. And until next time, may God bless you.